0: We thrive off nerd culture. I didn't really know else to put it. We could put other labels on it. It's probably not nerd culture now because it's so mainstream, mm-hmm. but we go to a fairly deep level of Star Wars and stuff. You like Star Wars. I like Star Wars. I want to pick your brains a bit, but I want to pick your brains a bit about your general feelings of... Let's go with Star Wars uh, at the moment. I think that's a good start. We both grew up on it. Like, I love it. Or, you know, we like Star Wars a lot. You made me watch that. I think it's the episode one review, the Plinket or whatever it's, you know that.
1: You might that not have funny. seen it but your brain did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was um, clever. So I just want to pick your brains really about I mean there's a lot of, I'm sure you want to talk about a lot about it but what do you think about, maybe we'll just start with the, what did you think Blor, when Disney took over or they sold it to Disney? What were your, gen- your genuine thoughts? Was it, was it despair panic were you excited like what's the deal
1: uh at the time um i don't think i've really understood the implications for, okay. from the point of i didn't expect any more movies i thought it was done and dusted i thought they were literally just buying the right to make toys sure for like the old stuff yeah,
0: Which yeah. was
1: probably naive at me at the time but you know that was nearly 10 years ago so
0: no, I can see where you come from in that, because I think the idea of any more Star Wars films was just so out of the realm of possibility at that point. Well,
1: yeah, like, you know, the prequels had been utterly obliterated by critics en masse. <laughs> I mean, if you look at them from the standpoint of what generally makes for a good movie, it's mostly justified.
0: Yeah. I I, I will just put this out there now, Blaw, just to get out of the way. Yeah, I grew up on the prequels. I don't think they're... I can watch them and enjoy them for what they are. I think they have much more of an identity than the new films in terms of, you look at Padme Amidala's outfits, they're so unique. You look at all the planets, they're different, they're new. You, The politics stuff, like, whatever. But Palpatine is really interesting. I will go. I could go on, but I enjoy those films. I grew up on them. I, I don't have any problem. Really, like, I found Jar Jar Binks funny because I was a kid. Like, it's how it that that is the truth so you you're not much more older than me i mean you grew up on them as well do you have very different opinions now that you've gotten older did you like them before you don't now
1: um we're talking about the prequels at large
0: yeah yeah um
1: i mean like i i enjoy them Mm -hmm. um i think every piece of um artistic criticism that's levied at them is pretty much correct. <laughs> um, the Now that I've kind of grown up and learnt critical thinking, the rational part of my brain goes, who the fuck wrote this? Who the fuck thought I don't like sand was going to be like a genuine pivotal line in the saga? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah and but at the same time the irrational part of my brain is like mm, lightsabers mm, Star Wars mm, Vader
0: mm. do you of the Battle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so you know <laughs> kind of <a> <laughs> you know yeah. the, the prequels get a free pass for the same reason I buy EA's Battlefront and that is Star Wars has its dick firmly lodged in my wallet and it's never coming At all out. all time it, it never pulls out, Nick. Okay. It's just currently splooging all over my debit card.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that, because I know you... You're, I think you're big on both of the new Battlefront games, and I love the first two, but I've got to say, I was really... I think disappointed is an understatement for that first EA Battlefront game. And I've just got the second one, because it was free on PS Plus, And I think it's a really good game after three years of updating it, which... It's a shame because it's taken them essentially five years, six years to make a good Battlefront game, in my opinion. Maybe you disagree with that.
1: Um, It depends how you're defining good game, whether you just kind of want an overall sort of assessment of it, or if you want to break it down to its raw components. So the 2015 one I didn't buy, at least not straight away. I think I eventually picked it up and like CEX or something for like 10 quid um, sure and the reason for that is <laughs> I, I I boycotted EA the first time they introduced Ultimate Team because even at, what was it FIFA 09 or whatever when they started bringing that shit in I saw the writing on the wall and was like nah <laughs> was like, nah <laughs> fuck this pay to win trading card shit <laughs> nope yeah nope
0: because they were like, what, yeah, so FIFA, course-
1: t- FIFA 10 is like just around the corner. It's like, hang on, you're telling me I spend all this money on card packs. Or, or technically you can unlock them through uh, gameplay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to spend all this time and or money unlocking all this shit and it's going to be completely fucking useless in 12 months. Go fuck yourself.
0: So was that you saying no to every EA game at that point, or just FIFA, or...? Uh,
1: I boycotted EA for the best part of five or six years.
0: Apart from Mass Effect 3, or even that?
1: Uh, I've not finished Mass Effect 3 yet. I've only just picked it up on... um, I think I did buy it on Origin a few months back, but I've still yet to play through it. It's just
0: such a fucking drag. Interesting.
1: Anyway, we can come back to Mass Effect because that's an entirely different yeah, no, clusterfuck. Yeah. Um, 2015 rolls around. There's these yeah. trailers for Battlefront or whatever. I'm like, well, if push came to shove. I'd compromise my principles for Star Wars. End of the day, <laughs> <laughs> immediately, without a second. If the game is any fucking good, say, okay, this shit comes out with the you know what, sixty dollars, fifty quid price tag. At launch, or you can get the deluxe edition that gets you, I think, the DL 44 or whatever Hans Blaster is. Yeah, you, you get that, that immediately uh, if you buy the deluxe edition. So, you pay an extra 10 pounds to get the best gun in the game immediately. <laughs> pay to win. Um, so, or you could get the ultimate edition, which was like 50 quid more and came with a season pass. I didn't
0: even know that game had a season pass.
1: <laughs> as the, first, the first one had the season pass, so this was one of the main controversies at the time because the, the first game had fuck all content mm-hmm. at launch. Yeah.
0: And that's why I hated it. Well, yeah, I I, pretty, I hated it. It
1: had uh, four maps. You know, there were reused assets from each map for every different game mode, but when you break it down, it's four maps. Um, yeah. Three heroes for each side, heroes and villains. Um, and like no campaign. No. No campaign, no real single-player mode to speak of other than fight horde of a fucking bot. You know, yeah, horde which mode. Kind of like,
0: yeah, and then I think there was basically... Like maybe a couple of modes and then the Starfighter mode. Yeah. Maybe. I can't even remember that.
1: Whereas if that game had came out and was like, you know, thirty? Maybe. 20, even even 20, 20 quid, pounds. Twenty yeah. quid. Pay us another twenty quid and you get all the DLC for the next two years. Alright. Yeah, I can live with that. To charge full retail for half a fucking game, you can go fuck yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so I did eventually pick the game up because it was like a tenor in C E X and I was like, well, I'll see what it's like enjoyed the gameplay enjoyed the content what little of it there was um then the dlc started coming around and people were quite hyped about that And didn't bother with any of it um i think i got the free jaku map when that came out
0: right i remember that <sighs> cool map
1: uh, yeah it's fine it's just rolling desert filled with clutter but that's what with that's what that's what Jakku's meant to be isn't it so you know it's, uh,
0: with destroyed starships I mean it's pretty, you know it's pretty cool yeah de- Star de- destroy destroyed
1: so. starships that you can't do anything interaction wise that's, that's true that's true so oh and the fucking um, starship mode was a joke
0: the this, as in like the fight in a in a spaceship
1: yeah there's like a fighter squadron or whatever the fucking mode was that. that was yeah, shit yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah, I remember that being. But bad. But was like
1: this isn't isn't bad as a foundation. This is this the, is t- the
0: graphics were amazing. The the sound design was good and the gameplay was solid. It was just there was nothing there.
1: Yeah, basically. I mean, they didn't really probably have to do too much with the graphics. They, you know, the fucking frostbite engine makes itself. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so they <laughs> flash forward. I think about two years to E3 and the big reveal comes for battlefront 2 like new campaign mode you get to play as the empire no season pass all dlc is free multiple eras I'm like okay you're speaking my language eh? so i broke two of my fucking tenants nick so i was suck it in immediately by this fucking horseshit, right okay so not only did i buy the game i pre-ordered it <laughs>
0: that's Jesus. Was there any particular reason for the pre-order? Um
1: I think I'd bought into the hype not only for Battlefront 2, but for the Lost Jedi.
0: <clears throat> I remember speaking about not to detract from your, you know, the points we're making on Battlefront here, but I remember you quite vividly thought the Force Awakens had not only met and insurmountable amount of hype but that it it probably if anything slightly you know over delivered on perhaps our expectations coming off the prequels etc and that rogue one as far as i'm concerned is one of the best star wars films so then we're going into episode eight and battlefront two is about to come out so now you're kind of thinking this could all be lining up quite well yep
1: my my bubble was yet to pop you, okay. this is the biggest my bubble got before it exploded everywhere okay and now there's just a hot mess on the floor
0: yeah yeah anyway enough so, of my
1: weird analogies um yeah yeah go cool. on so then we're we're like in the lead up to the release right i've booked two days off work to play this the fucking thing on launch day incredible just mate. just I to go that. right i don't want to be disturbed by anyone i don't care yeah. about it leveling up online or any of that shit i just want to sit back for two days and just immerse myself in a galaxy far far away yeah so a week prior to launch they do this thing where if you've um got the ea origin access on pc you can play the game for a certain amount of time uh in the week leading up to launch and that was when the dam broke Okay. Because you see, I think in I think Dice turned around and said, What killed the first game? This is me speculating completely because I was gonna I, ask you about this everyone's, anyway. No one's yeah. come out and said anything, but if you read between the lines and pay attention to these things with a stupid amount of scrutiny the way I do. Um reading between the lines, it seems like Dice went to EA and said the thing that killed the first game was the season pass. People did not want to pay £50. Pounds to get half the game. So if we're doing another one, we ain't going to do that. And the trade-off, I bet you anything the trade-off they came back with was the loot boxes. Mm. So, all right, well, if you're not going to monetize it that way, we still need to make our money. And they've said repeatedly over the year, Andrew fucking Wilson, the CEO of EA, has said multiple times that the games is a live service, which is a fucking phrase I abhor, um
0: <laughs> is, a game being online yeah carry on yeah
1: no that's that's not what they mean is it though they, no, I know, they I mean know, we're going to release a game to charge people through the nose for shit that should be available <laughs> in the game immediately until the end of time um but they've already said that you know we want to bring that from the sports games into everything else as well so it started. I think it may have started creeping into Andromeda in the multiplayer. I've never picked up Andromeda or given it a second glance, apart from laughing no, at the me memes either. when it first came out. Um,
0: yeah, I've got to be honest, mate. I forgot I had multiplayer, to be honest. I think there were crates in that. Okay.
1: So they brought them to Star Wars. And the pushback was unlike anything I've ever seen in terms of the internet mobilising to say, fuck you, no. The line must be drawn here and no further.
0: <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But you know this feedback that the internet, i.e. individuals on the internet, give EA dice? They all... Okay, it probably sold really quite well, as did the first game anyway. So, to a certain extent, they could have ignored that, right? Um, In terms of fine, from a finance point of view, maybe from not a long term longevity, you know, if you want to keep selling Star Wars games, you're going to have to stop this because I guess people won't buy it, even though people still buy FIFA every year, etc.
1: The only way you get to EA is through their wallet. So, the reason it all kicked off, the the Franz Ferdinand, if you will, of Battlefront 2's demise was. Someone had played in this open access, early access thing. Yeah. Um, played however many matches and averaged how many credits they were earning per bell. He'd then averaged how many credits you'd get from opening crates, etc., as you progressed. And he worked out that in order to play as Darth Vader
0: I remember this, or, yeah.
1: or Luke. Um you would have to either grind for the equivalent of 40 hours of gameplay or pay for the equivalent of $80 worth of loot crates. Now, you can sit there and say, my game's not pay to win. They're not locked behind a paywall because you can play the game and unlock them. Who the fuck has 40 hours to grind for not one but two characters each? Not to mention... Layer behind a paywall. I think Chewie might have been behind a paywall.
0: I got to be honest with you, mate. Fucking Palpatine. Again, I forgot that all. Well, I didn't forget that, but I forgot that the hero, all, most of the heroes, were behind a paywall because of the state the game's in now. But you know, I won't talk about that yet. But
1: you might have forgotten about it, but your brain didn't.
0: <laughs> it's. Incri- I've. I've clearly. I've underestimated perhaps how far this game has come. But anyway, let's continue.
1: So what could have been, I think, the crowning achievement of Star Wars Entertainment for years to come was scuppered right out of the gate by bad corporate decision-making and corporate greed. Because if you'd given me um, a game like that with a proper progression system and sustained reasonable updates, so they eventually got, into more or less it wasn't great but it was reasonable here's a free I was
0: map here's a free hero yeah here's yeah. here's
1: the next map and heroes blah 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 and we were getting seasonal updates like the clone Wars stuff was great
0: 100%. i remember
1: thinking you know I'm this is like being back at launch i'm flying into lobbies straight out of the menu sort of thing because there's so many people playing this you could have had one hell of a game on your hands and the way you monetize that is skins which they started doing towards the end but by then it was too late So much bad taste in people's mouth from the start of it. The first, I think, six months after the game released, there was pretty much nothing. We got the Last Jedi add-on, which was ready to go when the game launched, and Mm. that just kind of released, I think, in conjunction with the film. (laughs) They added Finn and Phasma and a map that, for all intents and purposes, were on the disc. Um You didn't really get anything for the first six months while they fixed the progression system because of the fucking backlash and the fact... I think the fucking governor of Hawaii turned around and said, I'm looking into this because this is some shady shit. Why is there a glorified casino in my kid's Star Wars game? This might need to be brought to the Congress. (laughs) Do you
0: know what I mean? Is that the... Was that a female? I've heard... I think she ran for president. If I'm not... It could be a different... Governor, it's not the... a dude I'm thinking of. Oh, okay, okay.
1: Um, not that I'm assuming his gender. Um, he, obviously, whatever they were doing scared the shit out of them because on launch day, they removed the ability to buy things in-game. And they oh, okay. also halved the <clears throat> amount of credits needed to get all of the characters. So, what were we left with? Um... Well, the characters were quicker to unlock. They still took too fucking long, but they were quicker. Um, You can't buy crates anymore, so you can't accelerate your progression with money. On launch? On launch day, they removed the ability to buy crystals, which is their in-game currency, to buy shit. Um, They then... So, so you can't pay to accelerate your progression anymore. But you also can't progress what you want. There's no levelling things up per se. You get crafting parts from crates, uh, which when you accumulate a sufficient amount, you can either make a card or upgrade it. But they are few and far between, Nick. We're talking I've got to play the best part of 10 matches in a row to get enough credits <sighs> to buy a crate. The matches are not short. I'm talking the fucking Galactic Conquest mode, where one match can take anything from 15 minutes to half an hour.
0: Well, the the Supremacy mode that I've played. I don't know if that was there when you were playing. You know, when this was happening. Oh, mate, i that, still fucking gen-
1: played this shit on a daily basis. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all a meat point. It's all uh, you know, in, in aid of me still playing this streaming pile of a game. But you know,
0: sure,
1: I have fun and it's got lightsabers and I'm powerless.
0: <laughs> so. so- <laughs> so they were changing everything eventually it got to where it is now which is the game i'm playing where all the heroes are unlocked there's (laughs) skins you can unlock (laughs) there are the game modes i thought were like fantastic like when we played the galactic conquest one we were the droids invading camino so it was droids versus clones and like the droid dropship had like fired what looked like robot tentacle drills on the roof of the i was like this is incredible and and everything's looking like beautiful the rain shining off the roof the clone like the inside looks incredible etc and again i think that relates back to my point of the episodes one to three have a strong sense of identity because of these planets etc and i have a i've got to say mate i haven't played i haven't had this much fun on a multiplayer game in a long time Coming from my point of view, from playing this game recently,
1: well, you know it's like in stark contrast to the first one. The mm. first one, I was kind of like, oh, "Where's my space battles? Where's my this? Where's my that campaign?" Please, okay, thanks, bye.
0: <laughs> Did you play the Battlefront Two campaign? Yeah. Do you like it? No, <laughs> no, no. I, I liked. So.
1: I liked the start of it. I liked the trailer for it. It's just a shame that what we got wasn't in any way what the trailer made it out to be. Players, of the Empire. For three fucking missions. Three fucking missions. And literally, not two levels later, Leia's shaking your hand and going, You're the reason hope exists in the galaxy. It's like, Bitch, please, I used to be Special Forces. <laughs>
0: Mate, I, su- I, su- I said before even that game came out, I was like, "You're gonna turn good." It it just it's just the way it's gonna go. You can just tell. Writing's on the but wall. People
1: so- people don't actually mention this in any of the videos I've, I've watched and stuff. In the trailer, there was a scene of Aiden, the protagonist, um, on a platform in front of First Order soldiers. First Order, not Empire. Okay. Go and. Hope cannot save them in her imperial uniform. So, the implication being the campaign would take you into the sequel era, yeah, and you would be fighting with the first order. Now, the expansion, the DLC that came with The Last Jedi, did take you into that era, but by then you were already rebel scum.
0: Is that what she's old and gray and stuff? Yeah,
1: you've got like Save Your Daughter and shit, and whatever. whatever. (laughs)
0: Was it a justifiable DLC? I don't even know how much it was. Was it free? Or... All the
1: DLC for the game is free, Nick.
0: Oh, impressive. Okay.
1: So long as you buy so, loot crates. So, we not having have, the you loot this...
0: have you played the game consistently since it launched? Then
1: I'd say so. Yeah, there's been and you still... there's been you know maybe one or two months where I don't play it because it got stale, and then they'd go, "We're about to drop Obi-Wan," and I'd be like, "Shut up and take my money."
0: My crystals. So, do you still play it now a bit?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to get that fucking old master skin for Mul.
0: Oh yeah, so cool. And been... the grievous one, that's cool as well. The uh,
1: uh well, the grievous one, I've already got because grind for that shit, baby.
0: Fair. So let's maybe move on to the sequels, floor. I think.
1: Hang on, I think I need a a strange... a, I think I need a cigarette first. i need to get my blood pressure back down to normal before i give myself a coronary
0: (laughs) you tried the old republic the mmo for a bit didn't you i i think
1: i am currently subscribed to it
0: oh i'd love to hear your thoughts on the whole game really but yeah what you
1: have you ever played world of warcraft
0: (laughs) Yes, mate, you turned me onto it for about two months and lost my life. Have
1: you ever played World of Warcraft and thought this could use more lightsabers? Yes. And then you probably will enjoy The Old Republic. Okay. It's also got the... It's also got like Go branching dialogue the way sort of like Mass Effect does. It's not really got as many implications on the story, as far as I can tell, but Yeah, it's fun.
0: What's the updates and what would you call them, expansion roadmap being like for that game? I know, I'm surprised that Disney have kept it going, to be honest with you, considering their stance and EA's stances on video games, but I guess Bioware's owned by EA, so that makes sense. But yeah, what do you think of the expansion roadmap for that game? Have they released a lot for it? I don't even well, know. Well, there's been
1: a fair few expansions over the years. I don't know if it really has a roadmap going forwards, because I know Disney threw the cannon in the bin, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Of course, this game came out pre-Disney. Yeah. Um, so what kind of lifespan it's, or longevity it's got going forwards, I don't really know.
0: Did you have any strong feelings when Disney made that decision about cancelling the EU?
1: Yeah, no. Um, some of the stories um, were quite cool. As I've kind of l- explored them over the years, they've there's a lot of good shit in there. Um, and I kind of get why people were so butthurt at the time when it was just kind of thrown out like yesterday's dinner.
0: So you've explored these old stories even when they're not canon anymore, out of curiosity? and Yeah,
1: some of them. Yeah. Like someone told me that Palpatine comes back from the dead and can summon force storms and stuff. I'm like, that sounds crazy. Let's have a look at that. Yeah, it's all right. Is that
0: the Dark... Oh, fuck, I can't remember what it's called now. Dark I Empire read
1: it. or Heir to the Empire? I can't remember
0: dark empire trilogy i read a comic book from like the library and i was like this is the coolest star wars thing i've ever read like it it has the palpatine clone stuff in it luke goes to the dark side etc super cool
1: at the same time though the expanded lore for star wars that's been sort of trickling out over the years since the disney takeover i think has been better than any of the films.
0: No, the Disney have
1: done. Disney have done. <clears throat> even better really? than the prequels.
0: Really? Okay. Like so, I mean that. I don't. Before we go on to the seat, sorry, go on, mate So I was just going to right
1: say right, I, don't, I don't want to spoil anything for you that you might watch, but there is one episode in Rebels that legit made me want to cry, just because okay. the way the scene was set up, the various characters' arcs leading up to that moment, and the dialogue. All of it, as well as the soundtrack, the music and stuff, was all just
0: perfect. Mm. Just spot on. I watched the first two seasons of Rebels, I believe, and respected it a lot. I liked it, but it wasn't quite gripping at me, at me enough See, like the Clone Wars was. The,
1: the thing with the Clone Wars, and to a greater extent, I think, Rebels... I don't know if this is deliberate to get the networks to sign on to it or something. The first seasons are very kiddie kiddie. Certainly the first few episodes. But the longer they seem to stay around, the more, not necessarily darker, but they're dealing with themes that a child wouldn't really be able to appreciate. Yeah. So, you know, like Moll's entire arc, for example and the implications of it and the resolution of it in Rebels. don't think you could really comprehend as a kid. Mm. Um, I can't really say too much without spoiling it for you.
0: No, it's okay. I <laughs> if, mean, you've,
1: if you've not watched the season finale of Rebels uh, for season two...
0: I think I did, I start if I'm not mistaken. There.
1: Well, that's where Mole gets reintroduced into Rebels. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's that's yeah. the episode that had me blubbing.
0: Okay, because of the confrontation with Ahsoka and. Yep. Okay, maybe we can talk about this after we've t- discussed the films. But <laughs> my my feelings about Star Wars at the moment, mate, and I'm going to sound like a I'm going to sound like a 1977 fan. I. Just don't feel that much for it anymore. I I feel probably like how millions of people felt after the prequels had finished their run. At the moment, with to be honest with you, hashtag I,
1: not my Star Wars.
0: <laughs> I don't really care that they might do more films. I like the game. I mean, Jedi Fallen Order, I think was probably one of the best Star Wars games uh, released. What what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: So the what was the best ever released?
0: jedi fallen order i mean
1: it was fucking good i remember it's been a while since i've played it and it's not it's not what i've come back to i've kind of gone right i've played that mm. done with that story
0: put it on the shelf 100 worth mate. my
1: price of admission i'll play it again in a few years time and i'm i'm happy with that because it kept me entertained for hours game wise enjoyed the combat uh very dark soulsy it was a Dark Souls game that I didn't suck at, so that was a refreshing change.
0: Um, that's what I loved about it, mate. Yeah. It was like it was like Dark Souls, but playable to me. You know, I mean,
1: Dark Souls is playable, but you have to kind of go in with the expectation I'm going to die a lot. Whereas this one, I can just set it to story mode and go, "I am here for the story." End of. By um, combat was still entertaining. You know, picking up stormtroopers and flinging them off ledges—that's what you want in a Star Wars game. Um,
0: that deflecting that first laser bolt from a stormtrooper was unbelievable to me. <laughs> You know, like just the way it felt, and you just you just saw the bolt deflect I don't know, man, and the timing and everything. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. Um
1: story was good. Um, I don't really know where you could take it from there. Um
0: I didn't I'm sure they will take it somewhere.
1: I'm not really overly invested in any of the characters moving forwards. It was a nice little self-contained story. I don't really Feel any impetus to turn it into a franchise? I wouldn't mind another game using the same engine and mechanics, set in a different time period that tells a different story. But I'm not, I'm not wanting the Cal trilogy. If you know what I mean, I'll
0: just. I think they will probably do the Cal trilogy, but I think your idea sounds way more interesting. <laughs> I mean, imagine, I know we pretty much get this in the Clone Wars series, Mm -hmm. but imagine being able to play through the Clone Wars in that kind of game mechanics, in those game mechanics. Mm -hmm. Um, That'd be super cool. Um, Yeah, so kind of going to the inevitable sequel trilogy then. Yeah, you've said this three times and we've digressed every time. (laughs) I know. We've discussed Force Awakens. I think you like Rogue One as well as me? I like the second half
1: of Rogue One. first half i'm just like i don't care get on with
0: it (laughs) to digress for a fourth time how good is that fallen order like ending if you will
1: um you've you've played it right
0: yeah yeah yeah. i'm I'm
1: about to spoil it so you might want to edit this out but that's up to you um sure it was a better vader scene than reagan's
0: I like so that it, ha- a it had
1: dialogue, so I had a reason to give a shit, because there was like context. It wasn't just it's a mindless violence to give a fanboys an erection.
0: It worked. I had an erection the whole time. <laughs> in both. Let's see if we can reach there. So, Rogue One comes out. You like Rogue One. Things are starting to look promising for Star Wars, I'd say. We have hope for the first time, perhaps in years, I guess. Rogue, and, Rogue um, One
1: is its own thing. That's got... Nothing Mm. to do with how I feel about The Last Jedi and the the rise of shit. Um,
0: I'm so glad you said that. So, yeah, I mean, The Last Jedi comes out. I liked some of the bold things it did with the franchise, but for the most part, I guess everyone hates it. What did it it. do that was bold? The throne room scene. What was bold Uh, about that? Fight scene. Fight scene. We saw good and evil battle with each other again, for the first time, and I love the choreography.
1: You like the choreography in that film? In that, in that in battle that fight,
0: scene, yeah. Scene? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that was a plausible way of saying, you fucking I, I don't... <laughs> well, uh,
1: I'm trying not to sound condescending and failing miserably, but...
0: No, no, no. Say, I, that, mate, that
1: particular fight scene has now been ruined for me because if you actually, like, analyse it in slow motion, it's horrendous. Is and it? There's, like, one point where two guys clash their sticks into each other for no apparent reason they're just like completely swinging ride of ray the entire time she's not even in the space they're swinging at, and they just kind of clang blades together for no reason there's one guy who gets her in like a chokehold and yeah they uh, edited out one of his weapons in his offhand in post because if he had it there there'd be no reason for him to not stab her in the head like, it's just gone. Right. Just added it out completely. You just literally go on YouTube and type in Last Jedi fight scene, something like that. And
0: these these edits, they're not typical of other Star Wars fight scenes? No. Interesting. But you've, you've never
1: really had a fight scene on that scale with that many people before. And there's probably a reason for that, is that the choreographers aren't really up to the job.
0: Uh, uh, the other main aspect which I like about the film is that it it fails but tries to solve the inevitable issue of the bo- the force was balanced. Uh, why why is any of this happening? And it's like no, we're going beyond old concepts of evil and good even though actually they are exactly the same concepts in the end but we're trying to go beyond the past let go of the past move on to the future and i like the idea of that kid at the end with the broom and you know you don't need to be a skywalker or a palpatine or someone of this family to be an important aspect of star wars like the next great luke skywalker could be around the corner sweeping floors i mean
1: it's a nice idea it's a problem that it contradicts everything that's come before sure
0: that's, I kind of like the boldness of that, though.
1: But it's not bold if it's dumb. <laughs>
0: you
1: know what I mean? If it's, so if it's, then. If it's so- internally inconsistent, that's not bold. Mm. That's just stupid. You've made it so that there's no longer a continuous story. If it's no longer a continuous yeah. story, it's not a continuation of the story I'm coming to see, which means I don't care anymore.
0: Let me be very clear. I think... It's probably one of, if not the biggest failing Disney has ever done to not design a trilogy story arc for a new Star Wars trilogy. I think
1: that's possibly the fundamental problem of the last two films. The Force Awakens was everything it needed to be. It was a safe, safe, soft retelling of A New Hope.
0: Soft is putting it lightly, well, I Beat think. for
1: beat, it's the same story, but they're not overtly the same characters doing the same thing with the same terminology. So soft retelling in that respect. Um, It it did that, but it introduced and established three new main characters, Ray, Finn, Poe, and left it on a note where they were to be the centre of attention going forwards. They were for the most part likeable. Um, I don't think you really saw enough of Poe to get to grips with him in the second half Um, And I think some of that may have ended up on the cutting room floor. Um, But, you know, I was interested to see what they did with Finn. Um,
0: Quick question for you on The Force Awakens. I personally feel like it's a huge opportunity wasted that we didn't at least get a shot with all three of the old legacy. Maybe you don't feel the need for that, but I felt that it was an absolute waste of opportunity.
1: um, I think you either needed to have it or show on screen the ramifications of not having it
0: which they didn't oh mate let's not even go there with that stuff like oh have you seen the deleted scenes for the last jedi because they have the scene where luke where luke's like hands you know die i'm like how could you possibly not put that in the film
1: because we need to make more time for admiral pink here because (sighs) whammin.
0: Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm cutting you off. So it's all right. We're going to be here you, for the next about... three
1: hours while I pick apart <laughs> the last Jedi for you.
0: So yeah, so you were saying about the Force Awakens, um, soft retelling does the job.
1: Yeah, it sets everything up that it needs to for a trilogy and has a classic J.J. Abrams mystery box. Have you seen the mystery box video? Ted did? Talk.
0: So yeah. yeah, the problem. By the way, that that philosophy just doesn't it works but not for like a sequel if that makes sense because at some point you're gonna have to open the box right
1: yeah it's fine so long as jj abrams is making a trilogy and not one film to be handed off to some guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah the first time i watched the last jedi i was just baffled i was like i'm we're going to be paraphrasing Red Letter Media here because pretty much everything they describe in their review was what I was experiencing at the time. I was like, "I'm I'm having a bad dream," where I went to see Star Wars and it was rubbish, <laughs> and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and go see the actual film.
0: <laughs> you were in a bad way. You were speechless almost.
1: I think I was in disbelief. I was waiting for the. You know the curtain to lift up and go surprise. This was a practical joke, and you know we're not all fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> Who's the real film? Empire Strikes Back two point eight. Now, Jake, uh, carry on. So,
1: so you've got the J.J. Abrams mystery box, and mm. Ryan Johnson decided to open the mystery box and take a big old shit in it, just just to be a contrarian. Because the I'm not the the biggest gone. biggest thing that almost became a meme really was this idea of subverting expectations. You know, it's a fantastic film. It subverted my expectations.
0: Nick, if I walk in, in terms of things happened that you didn't expect,
1: yeah, you know, you okay. what you think? Snoke is fucking Plagueis. You think you think Ray is a Kenobi? None of these things matter. The The first film was designed from the ground up to make you think these things mattered, but the sequel is just going to pretend they don't. Only for the third film to turn around and go, oh, yeah, surprise, actually, they do matter. There's the crux of the story going forwards. But anyway, I digress. We, we'll leave The Rise of Skywalker for later.
0: We'll get to that, yeah. don't worry. Say... So, don't worry.
1: Hang on, I've lost my train of thought.
0: Well, why do you get your train of
1: Oh, yeah, subverting thought? expectations, right? Say... So, If I walk into you, if you ask for a cup of coffee, right? I'll Uh bring you a cup. You drink it, and it's piss, right? So you go, thank you, Bloor, for subverting my expectations.
0: (laughs) Okay. I appreciate the
1: creativity.
0: A counter analogy, and my analogies are worse than yours. I ring you up and I say, Bloor, can you join me for a walk? Um, And you go, yeah, yeah, okay. So I turn up to your house in the car, and I'm like, oh, surprise, we're going to a Metallica concert. Now you know you can say you don't like like just let's just pretend that you know that would be a a case which would be better than going for a walk. You, that's that's also subverting uh, expectations. You, isn't your it?
1: analogy only works if I've been telling you for the last three years that I'm desperate to go to see Beyonce. Okay. If you turn up on my doorstep and say we're going to see Metallica, i will be like, I don't like Metallica. All right then, I like part Beyonce. ways, right. and that's that's kind of what happened with the Last Jedi. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. It was the Beyonce to my Metallica.
0: <laughs> when you think about these films, Blore, and like you have all these thoughts on them, and you like going into critical detail and things like that, sure. do you ever question why you care about these films? And I don't mean this in a ne- negative way. We all need things to care about, um, and I think it's good to be passionate about things. Do you think why, why do I care this much about this film? obviously there's a large context, I like Star Wars, I like this new trilogy, but do you ever think, oh, you know what, all of this critical thinking for this you know, piece of entertainment, What? why? Why Why do it? Why embellish in it? Why comment on it? Um,
1: I think it probably tickles the same parts of my brain that the Bible does for a Christian. <laughs> Except I have a somewhat healthy awareness that it's not real. Sure, I do not believe that Luke Skywalker literally blew up the Death Star.
0: So, can you can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit in terms of the Bible analogy? You just,
1: um, well, a it's entertaining.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, B, I like to populate my room with lots of paraphernalia associated with it. You know, you could compare my Star Wars shrine to a religious altar. Um, sure, and you know, I think there are. Uh, Interesting well, certainly in terms of the original trilogy and to a lesser extent the prequels, I think there's certain wisdoms that you can take away from them and apply to real life. Certain I like that. certain abstract lessons. Yeah. You know, what was and the what was the main lesson from the original trilogy, do you think, as an overall the arc? Main
0: le- I mean, I'd say redemption. I've got to say I think it's all about Darth Vader's redemption and how Luke helps him with that. But then you could argue about Luke becoming a hero, I guess. I mean I'd say redemption personally.
1: I think that's some of what you could take away from it um i think luke's arc particularly in return of the jedi is a lot more interesting in the respective what he's been trained to do by ben and yoda compared to what he ends up doing you know they are telling him he has to go there he has to kill vader or he'll never be a jedi he'll never destroy the emperor unless he faces vader his decision is that you can defeat an enemy by means other than mindless violence. You know, it's not just about saving his father. Of course, that is a driving force, undoubtedly, but it's more this blind adherence to, Darkseid, bad. Kill Darkseid. Well, if you're just going to kill that which you don't agree with, how are you any better than the Emperor? So you know, yeah. Hate.
0: No, good point, mate. It's funny you say that, mate, because I literally watched Return of the Jedi like yesterday, yeah. and uh, for whatever reason, just showing uh, India, and
1: she never seen it before.
0: No, never saw Empire either. Thoroughly enjoyed that. She did mm-hmm. thoroughly.
1: Do you know what Empire did? Go on. subverted my expectations
0: <laughs> without sure. taking
1: his shit in my mouth.
0: I do think after watching Empire, it is the best one. I think a lot of the points you make, Blore, are really interesting. And I would actually say for me, re watching it, Return of the Jedi might be the weakest, but it also has, of the original trilogy, but it also has the strongest moments of Darth Vader, Darth Vader being revealed and redeemed, sorry. Um, but to be honest with you, Blor, looking at it, when his redemption arc really only starts, let's say, Max at the end of Empire Strikes Back at the reveal a similar a similar downfall happens in episode three and everyone hates that moment but like rewatching return of the jedi i think darth vader coming back from the dark side is still pretty out of nowhere to be honest from
1: from what i saw i think it's worse in the context of the prequels okay because he's gone from this faceless guy who's made some questionable life choices and ultimately chooses to do the right thing, to a man who literally murdered defenceless children because he was tricked by the Monster mash.
0: But He was desperate to save his love, his love of his life. He had
1: little to no reason to believe that that would work.
0: That's true.
1: He took sand. took the words of the man who literally engineered a galactic war for the last three years played both sides against each other, been duplicitous in the entire thing, clearly to benefit his own agenda, and this stupid fucking emo takes everything he says at face value. Why? Because they, they put me on the council and wouldn't give me the rank of master. I hate them. They're like animals.
0: Take a seat, young scout. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, okay. At least so we I have the
1: prequel the memes. We were ranting and raving about the Last Jedi, and you distracted me again, Nick.
0: I like again. It. So uh, yeah, so I asked you about yeah, and I enjoy us talking deeply about such one could such say such trivial
1: um, films for exactly. children.
0: Exactly. But do you think there's an aspect of our discussion where you think you know George Lucas might turn around and be like, "Well, you you fucking write the Star Wars, then you know"? Um, I am. And an element. I, go on. I am. What writing Star Wars? Yep, I'm
1: going to rewrite the sequel trilogy and run it as a D and D campaign.
0: I want to play this campaign.
1: We'll have to move back to Norwich. <laughs> I'll
0: come down for the weekend. Every weekend? No, it's well, not happening. Uh, how long? How long is each campaign? Do you think, like, from the way you're designing it,
1: depends how many times the party go in completely the wrong direction and for how long. Uh, it's like, hey, guys, look, the fucking plot you want to resolve is over that way. And they're like, oh, but shiny thing.
0: <laughs> Lightsaber? Yeah. Okay. i be crystal. Okay. I, so... I, I
1: could fucking do another three-hour segment on d and I play too much D&D, and I fucking love it.
0: I can respect that, because it's an inventive game. Go- do you prefer being the dungeon master?
1: <sighs> Sometimes I convince myself I do. Okay. I like the creativity that you can put into it but the the running of it is hard work sometimes.
0: The problem in the creation of the story or just the general as you're playing both um
1: recently I was at the point where I was getting ready to run three games a week. So these are three different groups playing three different campaigns on two different game systems. So I'm having to not only write plot, but stat encounters and monsters and stuff, and um, run the groups all at the same time, and remember which rules apply to which version of d because certain groups will play the new one. Some of them won't. Some of them prefer the older d d Some of them prefer Pathfinder altogether, which is effectively a rewrite of third edition d d
0: is this all virtual, or you know, you mean normally? Up or normally,
1: it's in person and it's pen and paper. Um, obviously, at the moment, that is not possible because the church is understandably closed. So um, we pretty much just play online exclusively at the minute. I'm um, I much it- much prefer playing. So long as it depends on the group and it depends on the DM really. If I've got a good DM and I've got a character concept that they're on board with and I can kind of play that out and it works within the party dynamic, then you can have one of the best role-playing experiences that you can have but similarly if i'm running a campaign and the players get it and they sort of bite if you will and go for it then it's it's great i've had some campaigns where i've either just not really prepared sufficiently or you know misjudged what people are expecting out of it versus what i've intended then it's not quite vibed very well but at the end of the day, I'm there to have fun. If I'm running, I'm running with the intention of other people having fun. And if it's not working, then it goes in the bin. It's as simple as.
0: <laughs> and when you're playing, being the dungeon master, would you say that's a pretty ultimate fancy fulfill, you know, as you say, role playing experience? That's pretty much the top dollar for you for you. Um D D
1: It depends what you mean, like in terms of what I'm trying to get out of it. I think it's I
0: guess escapism,
1: I guess. uh, Not not necessarily. I mean escapism wise, I'd probably still go to video games because you've got more stimuli that is completely out there. You've got sound and you've got visuals. D and D, it's all in your head. Your voices are your mates' voices, the faces you're looking at are your mates' faces and everything that defines your character that isn't spoken word is on a piece of paper so i wouldn't say it's more immersive in that respect there's a lot more freedom you can do because the game is not pre-programmed by someone you've never met um i'd say it's better socially because of that face-to-face component so if you
0: do you um is this all hobby there isn't like money involved is there or uh, or certainly not for me no will some people because they're that good of a dm will they charge for you know to you can all pay a you know few quid a week to be part of this campaign I've designed or um
1: you forget rule 35 of the uh internet nick which is that if it exists you can charge people money to get you to do it for them um Understood. so yes i'm pretty sure um i have a, a friend of an acquaintance or acquaintance of a friend who does exactly that but the for a living yeah Wow. But he's also allegedly the leader of a Inuit tribe in Antarctica. So whether or not that is real, I don't actually know. I've never met this person. <laughs> I don't know if he's even real. He was at a friend's wedding. Friend of a friend Fair that enough. they haven't seen for years because he went off to Antarctica to become the leader of this Inuit tribe. <laughs> um, so whether or not any of this actually happened, I don't know. But, you know, even um, if you just go on YouTube, there's... Uh, Critical role, you may have heard of. Yes, very popular. Likes of famous voice actors such as Matt Mercer, Laura Bailey, and Sam Regal.
0: I'm very familiar with Laura Bailey. I've just finished the Last of Us Part Two. Oh, brilliant! We have topic number six for hour number eight. (laughs) (laughs) Have you Have you played the Last of Us Part
1: Two? Uh, No, not.
0: You played the first one.
1: I've played the first one. I got bored. um
0: i knew you were gonna say
1: that <laughs> i just I, I, don't, it. I don't think i was bored of the game per se but there was one bit where like the stealth mechanics i don't think were working as intended and i couldn't actually get past it so i just kind of went yeah the game's broken and i haven't I haven't ever come back to it because the problem is is if you're three four hours into a story-driven campaign or not campaign fucking game and i yeah. check out of it for Three or four years, I can't just come back to that. I've got to start it from scratch. So it's more a case of I'm going to set aside time and play it at some point. But now I know that now I know what happens in the Last of Us Two. I don't have any reason to. So
0: interesting. <laughs> so you, um, you could always just watch the cinematic online to catch up oh, with the story. I've, and then I've
1: been watching Angry Joe's live stream while I've been doing D and D prep. So I'm more or less caught up. And of course, I read the leaks when they came out because. i love nothing if not memes and controversy on the internet there's there's nothing quite like it
0: speaking controversy can you yeah let's go through the points then of really why you dislike the last (laughs) do you think it's do you think it's the worst film this worst star wars film then like worse than the prequels um
1: yes um there are various components that go into that some of which is better most of which is not the From a technical standpoint, it blows anything in the prequels out of the water. You watch the prequels again in high definition, and I think this is one of the main problems with them now, is that they're all out on Blu-ray, so you're watching everything in 1080p. The mistakes stand out more. Or the stuff that hasn't aged quite as well stands out more. Jar Jar is a feat of engineering for 1999. Doesn't look quite as good nowadays. You know, you'll see better in the Clone Wars animated series.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, where it really starts to struggle is when you get to the big battle at the end of Phantom Menace, for example, and you've got umpteen gun guns against umpteen droids, and
0: I'm not about to get to and that and bit. they look
1: yeah. like they're out of a PS2 game. Um, they didn't used to look like that when you were watching it on VHS on a CRTV. It's kind of doesn't it ages even more worser when you play it on a Blu-ray. <laughs> Whereas obviously the special effects and the sound design and everything from a technical standpoint in the Disney trilogy and the spin-offs has been phenomenal. You can't fault the special effects, you can't fault the production. The production. With yeah, with the exception yeah. of the war scene in solo that was far too fucking dark. The war
0: the war scene.
1: So when he joins the Imperials and goes off to uh, the academy for a bit, and he meets Woody Harrelson.
0: Yeah, is that when he falls in the pit or whatever, and he meets Chewbacca?
1: Uh, I'm talking before that, where it says like four years later, and he's on the battlefield in the dark, and there's like an ATST going around or whatever. Right. That in the cinema, yeah. I could not tell what the fuck was going on, but now I've got a, I've got the Blu-ray, and I'm like, they've blatantly, you know, brought the brightness up for the retail version oh okay
0: fair enough right right um, Got yeah okay you know
1: just just one split second scene in a two-hour movie but it was enough to make me go yeah. who the fuck greenlit that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: who's, who's watching <laughs> this again
1: this looks right prince
0: <laughs> yeah. Do, i gotta say mate to your point the production on these films are just so not you just you almost want to just you almost want each of the films to keep all the sets just like they do in the Harry Potter studio, so people could just walk around them. Because can you imagine building such phenomenal looking locations and just having to tear it down day after day? It's such a tragedy. I see,
1: um, you and McGregor said something interesting in an interview recently because I think one of the uh, I think he's doing an interview for something else, but the question came up about the Kenobi series, which was announced either at the start of this year or last year, and obviously that's been put on hold. A, because of coronavirus, and B, because I don't think they're quite happy with the scripts they were getting. Um,
0: oh, Christ, I want that soap.
1: Well, I'd rather they delay it and get it right than rush it out and have a steaming hot pile. Um, he was saying that the difference in terms of the technology on set makes all the difference in terms of the performance. Because back on the prequel days, I don't know if you've ever watched the behind the scenes and stuff. It's just blue screen, blue walls, blue everything everywhere. And you've got Ewan McGregor going, yeah. there, uh, what am I looking at? What am I supposed to be reacting to? Big metal thing with four arms. Okay. And then if you watch the film, the bit where Grievous pulls out all his sabers and goes, attack Kenobi. And Ewan's just stood there looking at nothing like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. He just doesn't, doesn't <laughs> react to these arms flying in his face and whatever. He's just like, okay yeah so that's a the limits of what you can see because of the technology but b bad direction um whereas the new sets he was saying they've got this um like giant canvas thing that they put around the walls and they project the cgi backdrop onto it so the actors can see it and get a feel for what they're going to be looking at Wow! But that screen in post-production functions exactly the same as a green screen.
0: That's good. That's good. So they
1: can That's still super cool. superimpose into the backdrop whatever they want, the way you can on a green screen, but the actors have visual cues and stuff to watch, so if they're reacting to a ship going down in the backdrop or whatever, they can see it physically come down in the room with them.
0: That's <laughs> such a effort from a technical standpoint just for the acting response. It's fucking it's cool shit. impressive. Yeah
1: was like why they had um, armored Best physically on set for Jar Jar. He had that fucking hat thing with a visor that came down over his eyes and then he had like <laughs> Jar Jar's head on his head. So they were like, talk to the head, not the man.
0: Oh my God. So you were you
1: asking me which I, which whether I think The Last Jedi That's is worse right. than prequels. the The reason yeah. The Last Jedi fails in the context of what it is, if you'd taken it as a standalone film, and this is this is one of the reasons why I'm curious to see a, if they give Ryan Johnson the trilogy they announced and b what it turns out as if you took that film as a standalone film and. You know, set it wherever in the canon, if you will, I'd probably have a lot less problems with it. A it doesn't really work in terms of the broader context of Star Wars you know, the two trilogies that came out before. Now, you could argue that it's under new ownership, those films were made for a different audience and a different time, and you should probably just disregard those. But even if you do that, it's not consistent with The Force Awakens. Like at all. It it, it directly thwarts things that were set up in The Force Awakens, which were established as things you should be keeping an eye on going forwards.
0: Mm-hmm. Doesn't mm-hmm. work
1: in the context of a trilogy if you then turn around in the second chapter and say that doesn't matter. You know, you imagine in the Two Towers, right? Frodo meets Gollum, and Gollum says, "Ring's not magic; it's all in your head." There's no such thing yeah, as really. There's no such thing as Sauron, Gandalf lied to you. Yeah,
0: Gandalf's the enemy. Yeah. Gandalf.
1: Gandalf is so wrong.
0: Yeah. Why? (laughs) So one of the examples I think you might be alluding to is the development of Snoke. And while I completely disagree with killing off a villain before we even know who they are, I found that that happened all the time in the prequels anyway. (laughs) Like, who's Count Dooku? Wait, who's Darth Maul? Wait. Who's General Grievous? I, I get what you're
1: saying, but it's less of a problem in the prequels because you have the underlying threat of Sidious.
0: Yes, agree. There is the big agreed.
1: bad. The big bad is coming. You know the big bad is coming. Everything else is an accessory to this.
0: Mm. Kylo Ren not as much of a threat, you would say. Kylo Ren is not that. a
1: threat. You can't leave the film like that with Kylo Ren as the big bad because it doesn't work because he's just proved to be incompetent every time he's been offered the opportunity to do anything. Yeah. Snoke says, "I have some in the film. Some... You were bested yeah. by a girl who'd never even held a lightsaber."
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. <laughs> I feel that they started his trajectory. By the way, I actually think he might have one of the best story arcs from the sequel characters, Who? considering the sequel characters. Who's? Kylo Ren because he has a story arc but I do think that they even began his trajectory wrong by making fun of him in The Force Awakens etc where I know he's not going to be Darth Vader and that's the whole point of him right but you still want a villain and I'm not being funny here but General Hux might be the worst villain I've ever seen in anything (laughs) because he just shouts and you talk about someone who's not menacing or dangerous
1: the, the, the problem with the villains in that film is everyone just shouts at everyone. Mm. You know, I can't take you seriously when you're just screaming at me like a spoiled child. You're not a legitimate threat, yeah. you're just angry. I don't even know what you're angry about. All of your problems you've created yourself. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's dead. Oh, wait, yeah. I killed him. Yeah. My mum's dead. Oh, wait, she had to die to... Snap some sense into me. That's my fault too. Ray doesn't want to be yeah. with me, but that's because I'm a massive prick, and that's my fault as well.
0: She doesn't like my high waisted jeans. Yeah, yeah. She,
1: she doesn't dig my pecs. Let <laughs> the past die.
0: So you don't really like anything the film does, then I, I assume pretty much. Um,
1: there was some stuff I thought was all right, but uh, in the moment, the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this could be going somewhere interesting," and then it didn't. So like mm. the whole notion of Luke having given up on the Jedi. I thought you, you found that I thought that was going to go one of two ways. I thought it would either be the trauma of Ben's fall or he basically looked up what the actual Jedi before the Empire were doing and said, these guys were idiots. You know, the whole fucking Jedi code doesn't really work. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it's time for the Jedi to end because there's a better way of doing things. But no, he's left the Jedi because he's not actually Luke Skywalker. Yeah,
0: he's, just, he's not he's, Luke. Yeah. He's
1: some weird fan fiction's idea of what Luke Skywalker could be.
0: I have to say that the Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi is possibly if anything the opposite of the luke skywalker he's not optimistic he's not enthusiastic he i mean we didn't even really get a proper let's see kylo ren burn down the academy scene which i was thinking about washing the dishes today i was like that could have been the pivotal halfway point scene where we see ben take that you know what are you doing? And then we see him in the Knights of Ren, take down his academy or training facility. And instead we get a couple of scenes of him in bed, waking up with Luke standing over him, thinking like, what the fuck are you doing? I haven't got any blue milk. You know, (laughs) like what?
1: Go, go, go milk the giraffe armadillo (laughs) thing. (laughs) Go squeeze his titties and drink the milk. No, Uncle Luke, I haven't got any milk.
0: no no stop
1: milking me uncle luke
0: and then not only that but when ray finally gets there i don't know how you felt about this but as soon as he chucked over that like that lightsaber over his shoulder i i I have to say my initial reaction was just like say what
1: so i was i was in the cinema and i was like oh they're just gonna continue straight from where the last one left there's no Time gap or anything. I was like, all right, cool. That's Uh, that's that's something new. That's the kind of you know new and bold direction I could get behind. Was a continuous story that's told in a short space of time. But I knew at that point in the back of my mind, we're not getting a training montage. We're not getting any development of Ray's her powers and stuff. For which, part I'm going, huh? Okay. I knew there was something wrong when Poe made a yo mama joke and was talking like telephones were a thing in Star Wars. It's like yeah. I'll hold. I'm like, does that does that really make sense in the context of what I'm watching? Yeah, in the universe, is that a thing? And then he made <laughs> a yo mama joke, and I'm like, mm, okay. When I knew the film was broken and it was never going to fix itself, was the tossing the lightsaber over the shoulder. It's like, wow.
0: Already? It's like, wow. It's like 10 minutes in. Right, okay.
1: Because the the whole thing with the last shot of The Force Awakens mm. is the look on Luke's face. There's, yeah. there's a sense of dread in his eyes, but a renewed sense of purpose almost. He knows he's got something that he's got to do. Um, He's not looking forward to doing it, and it involves Ray. Yeah. That's just completely turned on its head. As soon as he throws the lightsaber away, just completely nonchalant. Don't give a shit.
0: I mean, he he doesn't even ask. Like one of the first lines we ever got in the Force Awakens trailer is: "Is it Mo, Maz Moz I can't even remember a name." He's like, "Who are you?" And then we could have got Luke saying the same thing to Ray to start the Last Jedi. I mean, how fucking like, who are you? <laughs> you? You've got my lightsaber. Who the fuck are you? And like, what are you doing on he my lawn? Even ask he just fucking walks away like he throws it over his shoulder he doesn't ask who she is she doesn't ask how she got it doesn't want to know why she's there he just walks away
1: you know give it up
0: i uh, yeah i've got to be honest with you blor i it probably took me i rewatched it when i got the blu-ray and i still thoroughly enjoyed it and i think over the last year i've started to dissect my concerns with it.
1: The the reason he walks away is because he's not in touch with his emotions, Nick. He's the victim of his own toxic masculinity.
0: That's an interesting theory you have there. I'm I'm giving
1: you the sarcasm eyes. Could you see them?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All I can see is Sidious on the uh, windowsill facing Mace Windu. That's a fucking joke. Ready to happen, isn't it? Well, mace window he's on the window when he gets oh, killed right, see. you're you doing know? a thing anyway <laughs> and the eyes of where he's about to get killed that's that's the eyes i got from you you know like the nah.
1: No! No! Nah!
0: <laughs> so you come out of the last jedi and you're like no oh, no Nick, Nick <laughs> don't don't skip oh. don't skip to the end okay. we ain't fucking oh, done
1: point this this steaming fucking taking fucking babies. Okay, yeah. Um, So that that was the point for me where I was like, oh no, oh no. Um, Why? So he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to train you. Why? Uh, I just said I'd never train another generation of Jedi. Okay, but why? Uh, Well, because the Jedi need to end. But why? Wanders off. Okay. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe they'll get to it later. So then, sure. then he actually, and this is one of the bits I do like from the film. He gets into the whole, you know, what do you sense? And she's like, life, death, you know, nourishment, decay, and what's between it all that. is that balance. Yeah. And you know, he says something like, "To say if the Jedi die, the light dies, is vanity or something."
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it's this idea that the Jedi aren't the only answer. Which I quite like, because that kind of echoes what I was talking about earlier in terms of his learning from Return of the Jedi. The problem is that it also shits itself as soon as you go to the actual flashback. You're telling me that the guy who ignored the teachings of Yoda and Ben and... Took a few minutes of the Emperor's lightning to the face for the sake of saving his father, would murder his nephew in his sleep because he was having a bad dream. <laughs> I mean, Nick, how, okay. Nick, are you telling me you've never had a dream where you just went on like a killing spree? You're just like, fuck it, I've had enough, I'm just going to butcher all these imaginary people.
0: I've definitely played GTA Five, so I've de- you know I've definitely thought about killing a lot of people. Yeah. You know.
1: Well, it's like the equivalent um, of your uncle coming in your room, seeing you like running someone over in GTA, and going, can't be allowed to live. It's too dangerous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's like what? What the, what the fuck, Uncle Larry? Why are you gonna shoot me? To be fair the only other time we've seen him have a vision is when cloud city, when everyone's in trouble and he ignores the teachings then to go save his friends, despite it being for the better. Good. Yeah, that was it. That um, was another so-
1: lesson he learned and then ignored. True. True. Maybe I shouldn't just blindly follow my dreams. Maybe I should sure. wait and see what happens and try and see if they clean me any wisdom. Nope. I'm going to murder my nephew.
0: Okay
1: you know I've often brought this up and people go well it was only a fleeting instinct and he you know got the better of it I'm like you don't understand he's a fucking Jedi <laughs> there's there's no such thing as I have a fleeting instinct and then I thought better of it you just you, you're above that shit
0: that is true because the whole point is you
1: meditate to-, to give yourself extreme mental discipline
0: yeah I just want to point out I think you know before we move on to the full dissection that I'm still heartbroken that we haven't even got a Luke and Chewbacca reunion. What's happened to Han? Where's Leia? How about any concern whatsoever for basically, you know, what's causing this huge revival of this franchise, seeing these characters again? We're not getting... We're getting nothing. There's no... The closest we ever get, is the reunion at the end of Luke and Leia, which I personally think is like quite emotional. And it's like it's like the closest thing we ever get. Is it emotional because
1: it's written competently or because Carrie Fisher's dead?
0: Oh, I thought it was emotional because it was acted well, to be honest with you. Fair. Um, but I thought it was written okay. That that moment. That, that I mean, moment. I was
1: drawn in by it in the moment, but in hindsight, I'm like, hmm, why, why was I feeling those emotions?
0: Sure. Don't really
1: think I really cared about Leia or Luke at that point, or or anyone else in the film. (laughs) I was too angry.
0: I'm sure you already know this Blore but Ray doesn't take any damage in all three films.
1: She does get scratched at one point.
0: Okay, but but she she overcomes it because she's a
1: strong, independent woman. Nick, do you hate women, Nick? Do you hate women, Nick?
0: (laughs) She doesn't get... I mean, look, Darth Vader gets the whole treatment, all right? He gets the whole shebang. Luke gets his hand cut off. He gets a taste of what could happen if he was his dad, right? And obviously, cutting limbs off is a thing in Star Wars. Ray doesn't get anything, and I know you're going to go on to this as well. And then not only does she not get anything, she's also like... How... Does she even wield against Kylo Ren in the first film? He he should have cut her hand off in the first film, in my opinion. That would have been fucking awesome. Like, who are you messing with here? I'm the real villain. This is the damage I can do to you. Back away, now.
1: In, in the context of, if you rewind to, you know, Force Awakens has come out and there's nothing else. Hmm. I felt that that film could have gotten a pass if they'd gone a different direction with the second one. And the reason I say that is that they establish in the film, and I don't know where they came up with the idea because it's not in the original trilogy at all, but they established that um, Chewie's bow is hardcore. Every every (laughs) time he fires it, whoever he's shooting goes flying across the fucking room. And you're like, okay, I didn't know it could do that, but whatever, cool. You know, random splashes of comic relief here and there fine i'm on board
0: yeah. but then obviously even though star wars has never really been funny in, in his, you
1: know, I, I disagree i think it was okay. just a bit more subtle True, it was less actually, less yeah. slap in the face or judge jar, jar standing in poo-poo. it was the subtle um squeamishness of 3po combined with r2d2's implied profanity
0: yeah yeah i would fucking love that bit anyway
1: anyway so what was i saying oh yeah force awakens ray so kylo has not only been shot with this bow but he's took it like a fucking boss sure yeah. at most he's clutched his waist and doubled over in pain but he has not gone flying across the room that motherfucker took that hit right <laughs> he's yeah. openly bleeding in the fucking snow haven't had his kidney shot out okay yeah I don't think any amount of training would necessarily make him able to overcome that at his perceived power level, if you will. I fucking hate that term because it makes it sound like a video game, but you know what I mean. His, yeah. his status is compromised at that point. Um, yeah. Nate, that still then brings in the question of how is Ray able to put up a fight? Finn is obviously trained with melee weapons. Because he's a stormtrooper so he would have used a baton at one point it's an energy weapon similar enough to a lightsaber that i'm willing to suspend my disbelief the whole thing with ray is initially she's sort of just kind of flinging the saber around like she don't know what she's doing and then they lock swords and she's sort of over the precipice kind of thing and then kylo says something about you know i can show you the ways of the force or whatever. And she kind of goes, oh, the force. And then she sort of shuts her eyes and meditates for a minute. You can call it meditation. But then her entire demeanour changes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Her entire uh, competency, if you will, with the blade seems to increase or, you know, her reactions are better and stuff like that.
0: Posture? Her posture changes?
1: Stance, maybe.
0: Stance, okay. You know,
1: um... And if they'd have fleshed that out in the sequel and maybe explained how that contributed to her ability to win the fight, then I'd have been on fucking board with it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
0: But they didn't Mm -hmm. do that.
1: They deliberately eschewed that in favour of some one-line explanation about the dark rises and light to meet it. And that's it. That's all you get. There's, there's nothing meaningful to that it's a throwaway line just to kind of get yourself out of a plot inconvenience yeah but that's all the last Jedi is so
0: so you we're back on the league we we're, let's maybe go to the the, the pink head can... the
1: final final thoughts on Luke right okay one okay. of the first okay. things he says is don't be stupid you think I'm just gonna walk out there with a laser sword and face down the entire first order? What does he do at the end of the film Nick?
0: That's why he says it though. That's that's a that's a callback to the end of the film.
1: But he tells you it's a stupid idea.
0: Yeah, no. You should he, that feel dumb him.
1: for even thinking it. But I'm going to do exactly that. It's like if you could have faced down the first order like you just did this entire time, why are you sitting here on a rock doing nothing, are you selfish prick? get on the next ferry back from Ireland and come fight the Empire with us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, you were saying Admiral Pink here?
0: No, no, no. I I, I just didn't know if you had any more points about Luke. That's I think all. that's pretty
1: um, much it. It doesn't really do anything in the entire film.
0: Yeah. Obviously, we could have a full podcast just on The Last Jedi, but the moment for me, which made me laugh out loud... Um, And the same thing happened when I saw Batman vs. Superman and he starts rising out of the well, floating out of the well, laughed out loud. um, I remember that. Was when you see Leia's hand start twinking when she's in space and I look to my mate and I'm like, there's no fucking way they're about to do this. There is no way I'm about to see this in a Star Wars film. But lo and behold, she floats to the spaceship after being blasted in space and like they put her in ICU or whatever and I'm like did that actually just happen they, in the worst way possible? They put
1: her in a matrix pod in a, she, she goes,
0: in a matrix she goes She goes back pod. into
1: the matrix to find the real Luke mate rather than this fake ass piece of shit on the fucking island <sighs>
0: That for me is genuinely the worst scene of any Star Wars film ever.
1: Period. Um, I mean, I'm okay with the idea in principle, like on on paper. We- the execution, however, I thought in the moment I was like, "Oh, that's gonna ha- how they're gonna take Leia out of the thing because exactly. Carrie had just exactly. died." Yeah, and I was like, "I'm okay with that. That's pretty shocking. That's, that's bold. That's the kind of bullshit that you could have gotten away with." Yeah, and I'd have been like, "Fuck." these people mean fucking business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when she was kind of like moving in space, I was like, oh, okay. Is that, what's going to happen here? And then she floats like Mary Poppins back to the fucking <laughs> spaceship. I was like, oh dear. And then <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that wasn't even enough to take me out of the film. What what broke it for me was that she um, flew back to the bulkhead. Finn or Poe, I can't remember which, runs up to the bulkhead and opens the bulkhead so that the entire corridor is exposed to the vacuum of space.
0: I didn't even realise that. Is that what
1: happens? She floats back into what's left of the bridge and he runs over and opens the only door between the corridor they're in and the now um, vacuum bridge.
0: And they all live or whatever.
1: When when he opens the bulkhead, it like spews steam in front of the camera. And as the steam dissipates, she's already on the hospital bed. So someone obviously realised that that was stupid and he was like, eh, don't worry about it, we'll just cover it up with a special effect.
0: (laughs) Okay. okay. Maybe maybe it would be best because I've got so many other things to talk to you about. Why do bombs
1: fall in space?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Well, things float towards like a, you know, in the direction of where they're launched. Where were the Y-Wings? <laughs> the Y-Wings were on the attack of the Death Star?
1: No, I'm talking in The, the Last Jedi, Nick.
0: Oh. Why well, have they got
1: them stupid bombers that um, can be blown, oh, up, right. blown up by a right. stiff breeze, whereas they had a perfectly viable Y-Wing bomber that, you know, they would launch at Death Stars and stuff, and it would do a reasonably good job.
0: Yeah. Need, need, toy, need a new toy, Bloor. Need a new toy. I need a
1: new action figure and a new Lego set.
0: I don't know how in tune you are with the toy side of things. Not at But all. I'm really intrigued. I'm, in, I'm intrigued about it because from the very, very limited things I hear, I have heard that these new sequels, toys aren't really selling, to be honest. I think
1: the Force Awakens ones did apart from Snoke, so that's probably why he got given the axe. He's not selling enough toys. Could you please kill him off?
0: We're going to have Snoke killed off. Um, Jar Jar's going to take his place. It's like
1: poetry, it rhymes. (laughs) Do you know that meme, Nick? No. No. That's something George Lucas said. That's something George Lucas said when one of the uh, producers on The Phantom Menace said, why does this plot almost follow Return of the Jedi for beat for beat. It's like poetry, they rhyme. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you, mean,
0: do you mean A New Hope or Return of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi. Oh, right.
1: Well, it almost mirrors A New Hope as well.
0: Yeah. Which is, yeah, the cyclical, cyclical trilogy yep. thing, but... Okay, so you... Uh, uh, let's get some key points out of the way for The Last Jedi then, Blaw, Hit me with them. Things that come on top of your head. Because I want to move on to the Rise of Skywalker, okay, if we can.
1: The Holdo manoeuvre.
0: <laughs> yeah, good point. Good
1: point. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. I thought the special effect was quite pretty. But you think about it for five seconds, you're like, okay, well, we lost all those fighters taken out of the Death Star, whereas all we needed was one fighter and a droid to fire the hyperdrive and fly it straight into the Death Star. Yeah, and I don't quite understand what they're getting at in The Rise of Skywalker when someone turns around and says, let's just do a Holdo, and um, Merry from Lord of the Rings is like, nah, don't be silly, that's a one in a million. Is it? Is it? Because if you really think about it, the the reason it works and the physics behind it make it very haphazard (laughs) and kind of catch-all. The whole principle of it is things explode and go bang a lot because you hit them really, really fast. I don't think the angle matters all that much. But I'm pretty sure the only reason that it exists is because they needed to get rid of the Empire fleet for some reason. I don't know why, but they were like, we'll just have her fly into it at light speed and it'll just happen to be the right angle to take out every last fucking ship.
0: While the plot point of running away from the First Order mirrors that of the Rebels running away from the Empire, as soon as I saw that that was going to be the opening scene, I thought, is this really the most exciting thing we can do after The Force Awakens is see some spaceships chasing some spaceships? Like, really? You you don't maybe even have the the, uh, Resistance attack the First Order in a kind of mirror of the start of Empire. I thought that would be a cool idea.
1: I think Red Letter Media called it "wheel spinning" the movie, and I think that pretty aptly sums it up because no one really develops in any way or accomplishes anything. They all just kind of end up right back where they started. Yeah. Um, when they obviously they did the fake out with Leia, I thought they were going to kill off Finn. Oh, this is another one that annoys the living shit at me, right? <clears throat> The Finn sacrificing himself in the skiff thingy, right? So he's going to fly a skiff into the death laser. He's going to sacrifice himself to save all his friends. And then Rose, I want to say her name is. I can't really remember because she uh, she wasn't really in the last film for some reason. Um, She flies into his ship, causing them both to crash in a fiery blaze in order to save his life. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if you were speeding down the M1 and I thought that was dangerous, I probably wouldn't T-bone you yeah. to try and save your life.
0: But then, And then that mixes with the love triangle that is Finn, Ray, and Rose, I guess.
1: Well, the fact that she kisses him isn't really the worst offender because I saw that and I thought, yeah, they're probably not going to play that angle because uh, Finn looked repulsed by it in the film. His facial expression is like. <laughs> um, the, the,
0: it was the, the part. The
1: part that made me realise that the writers were sniffing their own farts was when she sort of looks at him and says, "This isn't about, um, you know, dying for causes or something like that. It's about saving what we love." As the base that all her friends are hiding in explodes in the background as a direct result of her actions.
0: (laughs) I love how blunt these points are. I didn't write the film. (laughs) It's not my fault. Oh, God. No, no, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm enjoying your quick summaries of the know, I wish there were
1: some good one-liners that I could kind of take away from it and go, that's an interesting way of looking at things. The problem is, is that everything you're saying you've like detrimented in the fucking background of the shot.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. Luke
1: trying to tell you that there's there's more to win in wars and beating the dark side than running out in front of the first order swinging a lightsaber. But that's that's how we'll win the day. Is I'll do exactly that. Yeah. That's what I mean.
0: But not really, because I'm a projection. Yeah. But
1: yeah. Also, why does he not have his green lightsaber?
0: I guess he projects his um, his original one, doesn't yeah, he? But why? I don't know.
1: I've... Don't get me wrong; it doesn't really have any bearing on the story, but I'm just like, uh...
0: I guess that shows him returning to his former self of responsibilities of being a Jedi, etc. Yeah. The
1: <laughs> so the no- the other thing is that the twists in that film are kind of televised ahead of time, quite broadly and this the first example is one that they've um they mentioned on uh again red letter media um the snoke throne room scene yeah they obviously he's giving it the whole i see him turning the weapon to strike true and all this shit and while they're doing that obviously you can see kylo's hand turn and you can see the saber hilt revolving on snoke's chair i'm like yeah, you. Well, I get it. I know what's going to happen. You're, you're spelling it out for me. What's the twist here? So I was convinced he was going to kill Ray.
0: Yeah, yeah. But oh, they, then they just too. did
1: with what they were telegraphing. I was like, okay. And then the whole uh, Luke's a mirage thing. I'm like, well, I've just seen the blue lightsaber get ripped to pieces. So I'd know that's not really there. Oh, I never thought of that. Because the part and shot of Kylo and Ray as them both reach out for the sabre and go Rrr! and pulling their,
0: yeah, pull yeah, yeah. their skank
1: faces before they explode.
0: Is that how the... How did they get it in the last film? What film? Force Awakens. Do they... No, no, sorry, as in the Rise of Skywalker. Is, that, is it gone from then? Is, it's just destroyed there and then? No, they
1: just retcon it so that she's fixed it. Oh, right. It's got a new brown ring around it where she's just glued it back together with the uh, Games Workshop glue. <laughs> gorilla
0: glue. Yeah, gorilla glue. Okay.
1: stick They're right. no called okay. lightsabers. They're just prit-sticks.
0: Interesting. Okay. So, you know, everything it tries Anymore? to...
1: It tried to do some clever things. It failed horribly. Zero out of ten. Goodbye. Yeah. You know, you could get into the whole thing of it being used as a vehicle for left-wing political propaganda, whatever, you know you can put where
0: does it go that far the conspiracy well yeah the theories do they I go that think, far genuinely? I don't think
1: they're conspiracy theories I don't really care as much as other people do or seem to ranting and okay. raving we've got to have this pink haired woman in charge because you know men are evil it's like well that might well be the intention I don't really care what the political message is so long as the story's good yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. For, for all I know George Lucas was promoting the holocaust for the original trilogy yeah <laughs> That's not what I take away from it, and I don't really care because I enjoyed the films.
0: Yeah, 100%. So let me give you my reaction, blaw of my initial reaction of The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, no,
1: we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> the title crawl.
0: You've alienated me with the title crawl. That's a new record. <laughs> you you took the words out of my mouth, <laughs> blaw, because the first sentence I'm thinking what the fuck is going on here? And then it just keeps going. And then it doesn't stop until never, because it just never stops. For me, genuinely, because when I first watched The Last Jedi, I was so taken aback that I I didn't really process it, and I liked a few of the things that it did. With The Rise of Skywalker, I knew within 10 seconds, this was going to be the worst Star Wars film I've ever seen. And for me, it, it truly was, because I think that, while I think most of your points are right about The Last Jedi and the problems it has, for me, trying to fix almost every single thing in a film doesn't make it a film. It makes it a spanner, and it's boring and complicated and weird and just an absolute mess. An absolute mess.
1: Like trying to fit two films worth of content into one. There were a couple of times where I thought it was almost spiteful. Like towards, oh, towards yeah, Ryan Johnson.
0: Like the quote with the lightsaber, where it's, you know, or was it the lightsaber where you need to treat this with respect or whatever yeah. it was? So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That weapon deserves
1: yeah. more respect, Ryan. <laughs> yes, Ryan. <laughs> you remember that? Uh, but then- bit? Luke said that and then he looked at the camera and gave Ryan Johnson the middle finger.
0: Jeez. But then you think, all right, fine. Maybe JJ was a solid enough and good storyteller to the point where maybe he should have developed the entire trilogy, you know. And um, going off the Force Awakens, maybe that wouldn't have been a, a, a horrendous idea. But but man, oh man, I don't know what you think, Blob. I'm going to ask you now. But I thought The Rise of Skywalker was terrible. Um, like truly terrible. Like it's, I don't, I don't think it's I I struggle to call it a film really to be honest
1: again if you want to get into the technical stuff I think we've already established that from a technical standpoint the films are superb yep the the plot is nonsensical I mean for a start the, the pacing is horrendous fortunately, because I went to the Midnight Show and I was like, you know, this might be the last Star Wars film for a few years. I've never been to a Midnight Show and for anything before. Let's give it a go. Why not? And the people who were meant to go with me bailed at the last minute. So I was on my own at the Riverside uh, Odeon fucking midnight or whatever to see uh, The Rise of Skywalker. So I got stuck next to a mouth-breathing neckbeard in an Obi-Wan outfit. Um, So I had to kind of... um, what's the word, mediate my physical responses to what I was seeing on the screen.
0: Couldn't you um, just move to one of the seats your mates had? Did you not have all seats together? Was it like a que- uh, you We just did have up seats really together, long? but
1: I was on the end and the other people down the aisle were uh, just as, um, should we say, unappealing in terms of proximity. Um, Fair enough. So I thought, well, uh, you know, he's up in costume, whatever, at least he's wanting to be He wants here. to see the film. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, it
0: could yeah. be laugh. So I feel for you already by it, the
1: way. It, well, things rapidly went to pot because as you will recall the the only explanation you will get for Palpatine's return is that the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some considered to be unnatural. At which point I just laughed out loud and the guy next to me went yes.
0: Are you serious?
1: Yes. Because it's a quote, isn't it, from Revenge of the Sith?
0: Episode 3, yeah. You know, yeah. There's, a,
1: there's a certain amount of these films where people just seem to get gratification from the sensation of, I recognise
0: that. I know what that is. <laughs> I've seen that before in episode 6. Yeah. From what I can
1: gather, it's worse in America because, of course, they like clap in the theatre and stuff, don't they?
0: made there um i worry about their their icons because as far as i'm aware they're more excited about an avengers film than who's going to be their president well you know um i
1: mean so you know in the avengers you've got iron man captain america and thor to pick from whereas in their elections they've got a raving lunatic sentient cheeto and um, versus a alzheimer riddled old man <laughs> But enough about yeah politics. let's go back to things that matter like star wars um exactly <laughs> uh so where are we up to oh yeah the
0: um rise of skywalker experience um, he's just return of power he's just yelped he's just he's just put his fist in the air i recognize that
1: yeah he he had a lightsaber that he uh was uh, waving around but i asked him to put it away before the film started
0: what well, he was waving it around, it yeah, was
1: just kind of like, was this
0: guy by himself? What? No, he had a mate with him. Great, were they drunk? I don't think so. So, Are you just so waving, he was waving it around, alcohol.
1: it was okay. more of an existential intoxication.
0: <laughs> okay, look, to be fair, like you said, fair play for being that passionate, I guess. But don't wave your lightsaber in my face, you know. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, we've got the whole... And the best bit was the smoke in a jar. <laughs> this is oh, like yeah. a jam jar full of half-baked I'm Like Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's going to be the explanation we'll get for that as well. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be fair, boy, you've missed out on a cool intro scene where we see Kylo proper slashing on Mustafar, which is pretty cool.
1: I mean... Yeah, except there's nothing there to tell you that it's Mustafa.
0: True that. Not and also actual dictionary. I do like the I can't remember what the plant's called. Where he's about to meet the Emperor and like it's really low and you can just see it's lightning no. strikes. I think that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, it's I'll let you go. My boy. My boy. It's fucking cool, man. I don't I hate the film, it, it, but his it, his it, audio, his voice. You have ever heard
1: inside your head.
0: So cool. So cool. anyway, so you seen it? You saw Snoke in a jar. You read the crawl, by the way. So yeah, I don't really understand you know. the
1: crawl. I didn't know that raging was a verb. Kylo Ren rages across the galaxy, looking for the Emperor. Is rages a verb?
0: Mate, I don't know English well, but I don't uh, think it is. By the
1: end of a title crawl for a Star Wars film, I should be excited for the opening scene, not querying the grammar. (laughs) The grammar should be my primary concern going into the film.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (sighs) Um, So what the fuck happens after that? Oh, yeah, we're greeted by... So he
0: meets the Emperor. He's all jacked up on the electronics fucking steroids. I mean, again, I think his voice is cool. He looks cool but the whole time you're just thinking what
1: why there's a lot more of how and why coming up next spoiler alert but we'll uh, we'll save it for the end because I have one question for you that no one's been able to answer which breaks the film for me so for me well, for me, it certainly does. It might do the same for you.
0: I mean, the film's already broken for me, but yeah. Do you want to? Shall we carry on, or do you want to coffin
1: then? No, I'm, I'm on a roll now. We're going to finish the Rise of Skywalker before I let you urinate. Do it. <laughs> so, where do we go from there? They're Does it then? It cuts to Ray, doesn't it? And she's like,
0: Yeah, she's doing the old feel me or whatever the fuck it is.
1: No explanation. No training. No kind of. You know, this is how I've learned to do this. This is my development as a character. Note now she can fucking float. She can just flat out levitate. She's trying to channel the Jedi of old.
0: For those listening, (laughs) James is looking at the camera. Yes,
1: with with eyebrows raised. For all three of you listening,
0: um, (laughs) let's not demean that. This is going to be red letter type. Media, you know what I'm saying.
1: Um, maybe we shall see.
0: Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, um, maybe I'm dissing red letter media. I, there I could
1: three. be the the guest that breaks you wide open, Nick, and the the subs just come flooding in.
0: That's true. That is true. Could it's be. a blessing
1: and a curse, though, because if that happens, yes, you'll have fame and fortune, but you will owe it all to me. <laughs> <laughs> My boy. Anyway, right. I'll give you yeah. a new empire. <laughs> final order so this this particular scene i think they've they've clarified in some other book which i shouldn't really have to buy to understand the film but um when it first came out there were two interpretations of it which was that either there's been lots of people on this secret planet that no one can get to um for some time how they got there i think is questionable Given that no one's meant to be able to get there, that's the entire shtick of the planet. Um
0: and they've yeah. been building ships
1: for the last thirty years to the point where there's now a hundred thousand star destroyers.
0: Each with the capability of a Death yeah. star. Well,
1: I mean, at that point, you know, if if Palpatine can come back from the dead with no explanation, then where the Star Destroyers come from is secondary, you know. <laughs> start with the requirement. Um Other people seem to think that he conjured them.
0: Out of his belly? (laughs) uh,
1: Well, it's it's because he says, you know, the dark side is a pathway to blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, I'll give you a new empire. And he sort of raises his hands like he's doing some sort of incantation. And then these ships just erupt out of the ice for no reason. Now, I don't for a minute think that that was the intention, but the film is so poorly orchestrated and written that that is how people have legitimately interpreted it
0: yeah yeah and
1: looking at it i can see why (sighs) so (laughs) you're loving it
0: you're loving it It's exhausting um should we should we we hit the highlights perhaps because this i'm not being funny but we could (laughs) we could be if Oh, you mean, I mean you don't
1: want to go through scene by scene because, you know, each scene is as problematic as the next in terms of
0: internal consistency? I was going to say, it does coherency. Can you even say coherency in rise Skywalker in the same sentence? Yeah,
1: well, do you remember um, in Revenge of the Sith, there's like one shot where Palpatine's fighting Windu and the others. There's like one shot where he kind of takes a saber and goes, and like does a forward stab. And
0: it, yeah, it looks
1: a bit weird because obviously Ian McDiarmid is not a stunt actor, he's a middle aged to old man at that point. In The Force Awakens, Ray does a similar kind of you know, blind step because she's meant to be untrained and not got any proficiency, etc. Um, at the time when that first came out, people were immediately drawing comparisons and saying she's a Palpatine on that basis and that basis alone,
0: right. I saw the YouTube video out before the film which literally says is Ray Palpatine's granddaughter or whatever the fuck
1: yeah. it is. So uh, I'm guessing J.J. Abrams saw one of those videos and was like, well, I can't think of anything better. We'll do that. <laughs> which don't get me wrong. For on you- paper, again, don't have a problem with that. The problem is it lies in the execution and the deliberate obfuscation of that um eventuality in previous films
0: for you James what would be a good origin for ray a a satisfying fulfilling origin for Rey? <sighs>
1: um at this point three films in i don't think there would have been one because she was a poorly written underdeveloped and wholly unlikable as a character. Interesting. And by that I mean she's just rude and dismissive to anyone she disagrees with. Um, is she? For the most part, yeah.
0: Okay. I think she's quite friendly. She's like, Oh hey Finn, how's it going? Stop
1: grabbing my hand.
0: Oh yeah but that's the joke in it. You know the joke is like I'm a powerful female female you don't need no, to keep worried a about joke. me.
1: To the people who write it, Nick. It's not meant to <laughs> be a joke. It's a joke to me and you, it's a meme, because it's so like jarring.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, Do you think that was meant seriously? From your
1: lives from an aerial bombardment, and all you can think about is uh, you know, the patriarchy.
0: i d I'm not sure they wrote that seriously, I've got to be honest with you. There's no there's no way. Come on. I think
1: you're being naive.
0: Maybe, maybe. But so. then
1: again, you've you've spent the last however many years at university being surrounded with that kind of nonsense. So,
0: very true. I'm sorry, very true. assumptions,
1: but probably you, surrounded by
0: them. You think? I mean.